I'd like to get a look here at all things Netflix. Joining me right now, Tim Nolan, senior U.S. media tech analyst at Macquarie Group. So the ad tier is is reportedly, you know, they rushed it through. It's a shaky start. Will it stick? It's just not good enough. I mean, you're just not hearing anything great about the ad tier. Do you think the, the rhetoric will change? What's wrong with it? Yeah, hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, the rhetoric will change, I think. And, and as we've written, you know, we don't think it's such a surprise. I mean, the news is basically what, what we read last week was that Netflix in, what is it, week six or so of its ad tier launch in the U.S. Um, is only filling something like 80 uh, percent of the ads that it had basically contracted uh, to place on behalf of advertisers. Um, and what they're doing is, in fact, giving back some of the cash to the advertisers that had committed to place those ads. Uh, some are taking that and deploying it elsewhere. Some are just, you know, putting it on hold and going to spend it uh, into next year uh, on Netflix ad tier. But basically, the the, the situation is, um, you know, Netflix is um, in a bit of a quandary where they have to convert existing um, ad free subscribers, you know, what we've all been using for Netflix all these years to become uh, ad uh, supported subscribers. So basically turning down to a lower price tier. That, of course, brings down, dilutes your subscription revenue, um, and you have to have a large enough audience of users to attract the advertisers that are willing to pay uh, the, the dollars for those impressions. So it's kind of a transition phase here that Netflix is, is moving through. And by the way, I don't recall seeing ads, promotions on my Netflix account for the new service. I mean, I know about it, but I had to physically go in, um, you know, sign myself into my account and then sign up for the new ad um, supported tier just to get access to that. So it's not being promoted widely. It may be a bit of a, you know, a balance between, you know, the, the revenue they want to raise from the advertising and what they would be giving up um, in terms of the subscription price for that lower tier. And then again, they need the larger uh, audience um, to get those uh, those advertisers to come on. We think it will take time. Uh, we just think, you know, the U.S. market is largely maxed out for them. Um, and so they won't necessarily add new subscribers, but they'll convert paying subscribers to uh, lower price tier subscribers. It just takes time, I think, to build that base of users. And as you said, they're not really pushing it. They're not really advertising it. But don't they sort of need it um, in order to have that subscriber growth and maybe get somebody else on board that isn't on there already or maybe someone who wants to have Disney Plus and Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um you know, it's a very mature market uh, in terms of, um, I should say it's a rapidly maturing market. It's not a very mature market, but it's a rapidly maturing market uh, for direct-to-consumer streaming services. I mean, uh, Netflix is already at 74 million subscribers in the U.S. and Canada. Um, that's more than half of households uh, in those two countries. So it's, um, it, you know, it's a competitive market. Um, you know, consumers are accustomed to low price and the ability to simply turn these services on and off. Um, going to an even lower price with ads is one strategy for Netflix to get more people to get on and to stay on. And by the way, to not password share as much because on the lower price tier, there's only one account um, that can that can be on that service at any given time. So they're hoping to generate more overall subscribers. But on our calculations, uh, we assume um, 
you know, kind of a base case is by the end of 2023, Netflix would have about 20% of their existing subscriber base having migrated on to the new lower price tier. Um, now, recession could accelerate that, of course. People looking more actively at their bills, maybe cutting off services they're not using. Maybe Netflix remains a core service, and they can get that same service for a lower price. You build that base uh, of users up. Uh, that is what uh, attracts the ad dollars, which really are are are, are about chasing those eyeballs. Um, now, Disney Plus just launched an ad tier as well. And of course, other services, HBO Max and all these other services uh, offer advertising as well. So um, it's it's a land grab, not just for subscribers, but now for, for advertising as well. Right. right. And, you know, I, you mentioned Disney Plus, obviously a huge um, competitor at this point, remember when Disney Plus came out and it um, had a slew of folks signing up for it. Tell me about sports and what's going on with the NFL. I mean, there was one prediction that Apple gets the NFL um, in 2023. Who's going to get more of the NFL coming going forward? Because the sports is a big part of streaming success. Well, this is uh, a, lar a really big topic that really has a, a long way yet to run. Um, I think the news you're referring to is about um, uh, Apple um, perhaps not um, going for the Sunday ticket for the NFL, which they had been in discussions uh, to perhaps try to win that contract. Um, that's kind of a special package uh, apart from the separate core uh, broadcasters and cable networks like ESPN and Disney that have that have those those NFL rights. The new NFL deal kicks off, I believe it's next fall, next year in the fall. And um, uh, ESPN, uh, uh, part of Disney, of course, does have uh, rights to those NFL games. But it's an interesting question as to how much sports content will become a part of uh, uh, of any new streaming uh, uh, services. You know, ESPN Plus has been there for some time uh, with quite a bit of sports, you know, out of market and, and maybe less popular sports that have kind of a niche audience. And then um, some of the network groups like like Peacock from from uh, NBC, part of Comcast, um, shows uh, NFL Sunday games. But others like Fox, for example, which doesn't really have its own streaming services, only keep those NFL games on the Fox uh, broadcast network. Um, it's all a matter of trying to monetize, you know, how much you can charge subscribers for the for the um, pay TV services uh, and then how much advertising you can get off of those larger audiences. Um, the next big uh, sports contract coming up is the NBA, uh, which still has about three years to go until the new uh, contract would begin. But that means the negotiations are probably starting to get underway around now, um, you know, two, three years ahead of the end of the next contract. And there's quite a bit of discussion as to which network groups may keep or may bid up for that and what they would pay, of course which may include more streaming rights, more streaming availability. It'd be very interesting to watch if the incumbents, which are Warner Brothers Discovery and uh, Disney, uh, uh, manage to, to keep those rights yeah. and add more streaming-only uh, services. Well, let me ask you, what's the order of success for these names? I mean, is it Netflix and then Disney? And then, uh, you know, where, where do you see the strength in streaming going forward in 2023? Right. Well, I think the two clear uh, winners already are Netflix and Disney. I think you can see that in the in the subscriber numbers. Um, you know, Netflix had a very rough year in terms of its stock. You know, in terms of its uh, subscriber slowdown, uh, which the stock was was reflecting. 
Um, but Netflix has started to pick up again a little bit. And I think enthusiasm over the ad tier, even after this you know, bit of news that it's a slow start, I think general investor sentiment on Netflix is, is starting to improve. In terms of the services, you know, I don't think Netflix has a whole lot of subscriber additions to make in the U.S., as I said before, um, but there is still some runway to add subs uh, internationally, uh, including in, in Asia Pacific in particular. Disney Plus, I think, ha is, a, is a younger service, and so it probably still has a bit more, uh, a bit more upside to its subscriber numbers. Um, so, and of course, we'll have some ad tier uh, news coming out of Disney in fairly short order. So I think Netflix and Disney Plus uh, are, the two, uh, are the two winners. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery, you know, is going to come out with its new combined HBO Max slash Discovery Plus service of some sort. We don't quite know what it's going to look like yet, but there will be some sort of a combined service um, amongst those uh, groups under the new umbrella company uh, coming out in the spring. That could be, could be very interesting to watch as well. HBO uh, with all that depth of content. Some sports that the Turner Networks have, I referenced the NBA, we'll see what may come uh, of those rights, uh, per perhaps being placed on a streaming service. And then of course, Discovery and, and, and that lifestyle content. So HBO Max with Discovery yeah. Plus could be, in our opinion, uh, an interesting st service to watch down the line. Very interesting. And I know you have a $285 price target on Netflix. And I have to go back and look at that Barron's article. I really think it said prediction that Apple could get the Sunday NFL and that the metaverse would be minimized for Zuckerberg and Meta overall and that he'll spend less on that. I don't know, it was sort of a fun article. You made me want to go back and reread it. I'm going to go check that out, Tim. Wonderful to see you. I'm always glad you're able to be on the show with us. Tim Nolan, thank you. Thanks for having Senior me. Senior U.S. media tech analyst at Macquarie Group, thank you.